Today, we will learn how success or prosperity has the potential to lead many people astray. Plus, we will find out why God used the nation of Israel to bring his judgment against the pagan nations that lived in the promised land during that time. Dr. Ruth explains more. Okay, continuing here in the book of Deuteronomy, just a quick reminder, we are expounding on the law that Moses gave the second generation Israelites. Like I said in the introduction, it is not a new law, rather it is an explanation, if you will, of the same law that the Lord had given him to teach the Israelites. And Moses is giving us more revelation or more reasoning behind the laws. And he is uh, giving this as his last lecture. So he is, in essence, speaking from his heart, just uh, pleading with the Israelites to obey the decrees of the Lord. And uh, so that is what is happening here in the book of Deuteronomy. And I am really enjoying this because I am learning a lot more about the laws that Moses uh, gave the Israelites because more explanations have been offered. So I hope you are learning a lot as well. So we pick it up here in chapter 8. What is the gist of this chapter? Again, this is really highlighting what I had just described in chapters uh, 6 and 7. Here in chapter 8, Moses is going to really reiterate about the fact that the Israelites, when they get into the promised land, their prosperity should not uh, prevent them or their prosperity should not sidetrack them from honoring the Lord. They should not forget the Lord because of their prosperity. Okay, that is the gist of this chapter. So let's get into it right away. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 1. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Let me warn you right now. As we proceed with the rest of these chapters in the book of Deuteronomy, there will be a lot of repeat and repeat and repeat. You see, Moses was a phenomenal teacher. And so was Jesus. Of course, Jesus was the best. A good teacher would say the same thing over and over in a different way so that you will get it. And that is what we're going to see here, repetitious over and over. And I know sometimes I repeat myself, some of you may be saying, God, didn't she, didn't she just say that? But that is what a good teacher would do. Repeat the same information over and over. And God, who is the best teacher forevermore, is doing this. So when <laughs> God is repeating something over and over, please let us take heed to that. So uh, keep that in mind. Moses is still warning them right now, obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. Okay, we pick it up here in verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart. We are learning something here. That one of the reasons that the Lord 
allowed them to um, wander in the desert for 40 years. Number one, we know it was disobedience, okay? Remember how Moses had pleaded with the Lord and the Lord uh, did not kill them right there and then, but then the Lord pronounced a judgment that for 40 years they will wander there until the second generation is raised. So we are now learning that one of the other reasons why the Lord allowed them to live for 40 more years was to humble them and put them to a test. And I have often said this, that testing in the life of a believer is a good thing because it reveals to us that we are really weak and we should depend on the Lord 100%. And God will not tempt us, never. Temptation is of the enemy. God will test us so that he could reveal to us what is on the inside of us. That way, if we are wise, we would say, oh my goodness, I failed that test. And then we can grow and learn from those lessons. And then we would humble ourselves and better obey God next time. So, Testing in the life of a Christian is a good thing because it strengthens us. So we are learning here that the Lord allowed those 40 years as well so as to test these people and to humble them. All right. So Moses is reminding them of that. Verse 3, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. There you go. This is one of the verses that the Lord Jesus quoted against the enemy when he was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. You can go study that in the Gospels, but when we get there, we will go over that. So Moses is telling the Israelites that remember how the Lord put you through this test to humble you and he fed you manna and to teach you that man does not live by bread alone. And it's true because they survived 40 years in the wilderness because God was with them. And um, uh, likewise, Really, Jesus said, like I mentioned earlier in John 6, uh, 63, that the word of God is what gives life. Okay, um, verse 5. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. So true. So here, Moses is telling them that that, that uh, 40 years or those 40 years that they stayed in the wilderness, God used that to test them, to strengthen their faith, to humble them was for their own benefit. Because God loves them enough that he tested them, he humbled them, because it was part of the discipline that the Lord had to uh, apply to them so they can be strengthened. And we are told in Hebrews 12 Seven, that God chastises us, i.e. he disciplines us because he loves us. Any parent, if you are a parent, you would agree that because you love your child, you would discipline the child. And it is, it is through discipline that uh, sometimes they learn and they grow. And uh, as Christians, it is through discipline that we learn how to depend more on the Lord. So it is a good thing for us. 
So after Moses explained that in verse 6, he, he went on to tell them, Therefore they should observe the commandments of the Lord and walk in obedience and revere him. Reverential fear there. And in verses 7 through 9, he went on to explain how the Lord is bringing them into a prosperous land a land with a rich uh, pom uh, pomegranates, olive oil, essentially a land, a fruitful, fruitful land, that is the land of Canaan, a land of milk and honey, as the scriptures described the land, a land where the presence of the Lord would be felt there. In verse 10, Moses went on to say, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Verse 11, Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commandments, his laws and decrees. Verse 12, Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, <laughs> when you build fine houses and settled, Verse 13, when your herds and your flocks grew large and your silver and gold increase and multiply, verse 14, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Very powerful, just like what I said in chapters uh, 6 and 7, that prosperity is what unfortunately can cause some Christians to go astray because they get so involved with their prosperity, they become complacent. They become comfortable. And I said that the more prosperous you are, the more you should depend on the Lord and pray more, lest your enemy, Satan, will tempt you because you just become too comfortable. Some people are so prosperous, they get up in the morning, there's nothing for them to pray to God anymore. What a shame. No matter how prosperous we get, we should always pray to the Lord. At least thank him for your prosperity. Thank him for breath. Thank him for just keeping you alive. Okay? So we see Moses warning this second generation Israelite that when you get into the promised land, God will meet his end of the bargain. You will have good homes. You will have the silver and the gold, but don't forget how you got there. Don't forget the Lord. Okay. We come to verse, and also going back to verse 14, Moses is warning them to not become proud. Okay. Again, some people, when they become rich, they become proud. And this is really interesting because Moses is linking here. Prosperity and complacency or uh, prosperity and not seeking God's uh, favor with pride, which is really true. So when you become um, successful, at least in your own eyes, or when God blesses you with that uh, blessing you've been waiting for, and then you stop to seek God's face, then you are proud. And remember, Pride is one of the sins that the Lord dislikes. Keep that in mind. So don't become proud because God has answered your prayer. That would not please the Lord. Verse 15, 
Moses just went on to explain to them, don't become proud because the Lord led you through the wilderness, okay? He um, prevented those snakes from biting you. He gave you water to drink from the rock. Verse 16, he gave you manna to eat in the wilderness. Wow. Moses is just reminding these people of the blessings of God in their life through that harsh wilderness so they do not forget that it was only through God. There is no way they could have survived the wilderness. I mean, isn't this obvious? You know, just, just even, even in my own life, there are trials and tribulations that I go through. And I have to look back and say, only God, only God could have done this thing. Don't you have trials and tribulations like that in your life? That you can look back and say, how did I get through that? Only God. How did I survive that financial hardship? Only God. How did I survive that emotional turmoil when my child ran away? Only God. How did I survive that emotional turmoil when the doctor told me it was cancer? It was heart disease or it was some other dreadful disease. Only God. You see how sometimes people lose sight. People easily forget that only God brought them through. We should never forget. Because like I have said always, it's only when we keep that in the forefront are we able to have the strength and the courage to overcome the next battle knowing that God is faithful. If God brought you through that trial, he would take you through the next one. Okay? We come to verse 17. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Verse 18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors. This is one of my favorite scriptures when I teach on wealth to Christians. Because all of your financial possession, everything you own besides money, is only there because God gave you the favor. Because God enabled you, gave you the ability to produce that wealth. That is it. It doesn't matter. Whether you prayed every day, if you even have a relationship with God through Christ, and even some of the unbelievers, it is only because of the Lord, surely. So all of your possession, all of your wealth really belongs to God. So since God is the one who gives you the strength to produce wealth in the first place, is it too much for God to say you should give him some of that wealth? No, it is not. You see, if you approach your finances from this perspective, you will never have a hard time giving back into God's work. Because no matter how hard you work at your job, 70 hours a week or 100 hours, and then you earn, say, $5,000, you were only able to work 100 hours because God gave you the strength to do so. It is not you. <laughs> so, you see how? It's God. I hope you can truly meditate on this. 
because it should not be a problem giving God some of your money so you can further his work here on the earth to feed the poor, to spread the gospel, to teach others about Christ. Okay? So your possession is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. He owns the entire thing. He is the boss. I'm sorry. Some people don't like that, but God owns it. That is what Moses was reminding these Israelites, that God is the one who gives you the strength to possess wealth. All right. Verse 19. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Absolutely. Verse 20, like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Right there. And this applies to us today. I don't need to explain that, right? You get it. It is clear. If we refuse to obey God and we do things our own way, <laughs> you know, as New Testament believers, when we choose to do things our own way, we are just disobeying God and we are just doing it the way of the devil. I'm sorry. Because your way is never good. Your way is never right. The moment you choose your way, you just chose the devil. I'm sorry. Some of you don't like it, but it's the truth. God is never going to bless your way because your way is never right. His way is right. So you would be wise to obey the Lord. Again, this chapter just highlighted obedience, obedience, obedience. Friend, as some of you already know, this program is financially supported 100% by love gifts from listeners like yourself. So please, would you help us with a donation so that we can produce more programs and bless others? We need your financial support. To make a one-time donation, visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Look for the donation button and donate right there. It is a very secure, simple, an easy process. Or, for more of an impact, would you prayerfully consider becoming a Christ-centered monthly partner with us? While on our website, you will find all of the information about becoming a Christ-centered partner. As a monthly partner, your regular prayers and financial support will enable us to produce more Bible teachings in order to reach more people and transform their lives with God's Word. For those of you who prefer regular email, you can send your donation to us. Here's the address. Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries, P.O. Box 1806, Loma Linda, California, 92354. You can also email us with your questions about becoming a partner. Here's the email address. Info at drruthtanya.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Or you can always call us at 909-383-7978. Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries is a federal government-approved 501c corporation, which means that all of your donations are 100% tax-deductible, as allowed by the law. We thank you in advance for your kind donation 
and prayers. We pray for God's love and presence to anchor your soul today in Christ Jesus. I am Chris Oram. Stay blessed and goodbye for now.